0: I'm a hawk not a kite. Know you that the hawk belongs to the kingly race while the kite is a mere caricature of our family pursuing a career of deception by seeming no bigger than its victim and then attacking it. How often One mistakes a kite for a dove. Sibi wanted to divert the attention of the hawk from the subject of the dove, and so said, The kite also goes out of sight when it flies, so don't be offended if we, land-bound creatures imagine that the kite floats in the same heaven as the hawk. The hawk sharpened his beak on the tree trunk and lifted one leg to display his talons and said, I'm sorry to see the mistakes you human beings make. The kite no doubt flies, but not beyond the back of the lowest cloud, And you think that it sports in the heavens itself? The only common element between us. Is that we both have pointed, curved beaks. That's all. But the kite has a taste for helpless little creatures such as mice and sparrows, creatures which we would not care to notice. The king realized. That the subject was once more drifting towards food, and diverted the hawk's attention again by saying, The general notion is that the eagle is the king of birds. The hawk chuckled cynically. Ignorant mankind. How the eagle came to be so much respected, I shall never understand. What is there to command the eagle? Its wings spread? You people are too easily carried away by appearances. Do you know that the hawk can fly just as high? as the ego, and yet you have no regard for us. Sibi said, You can't blame us. We take things as they seem from here. I now know better. The hawk looked pleased at this concession and said, Have you ever seen a mountain eagle walk on the ground? Is there anything more grotesque? Don't you agree that the first requirement for kingliness would be grace of movement? Only we hawks have it. True, true, said the king. When I move from my bed to the bathroom, even if alone at night, I catch myself strutting along as in a parade, I suppose. The king laughed to entertain the hawk. He thought it might please the bird to be treated as a fellow king. The hawk, looked pleased and the king hoped that it would take itself off after these pleasantries. The dove slightly stirred on his lap and he hastened to draw over it his silk scarf. The hawk noticed this and bluntly said, King, what is the use of your covering the dove? I will not forget that my food, which I have earned by honest chase, is there, unfairly held by you. The king said, This bird has come to me for asylum. It is my duty to protect it. I may brave your sword and swoop on my prey. And if I die in the attempt, the spirits of my ancestors will bless me. We have known no fear for one thousand generations. What should we fear? when the back of our prime ancestor serves as the vehicle of the great god Vishnu. Again, the king was on the point of correcting him that it was a golden eagle that Vishnu rode, not a hawk, but he checked himself. The bird emphasized his own status again. You, who are reputed to be wise, O king, don't confuse me with the carrion birds wheeling over your head. I know where I stand, said the bird, preening its feathers. The king felt it was time to say something agreeable himself, secretly worrying that he was reaching the limits of his wit. The dove nestled within the silk scarf. There was an uneasy pause while the king dreaded what might be coming next. The hawk suddenly said all the world speaks of you as one who has the finest discrimination between right and wrong and so you have a serious responsibility at this moment. You must not do anything that goes contrary to your reputation. Remember, I am in the agonies of hunger and you refuse me my legitimate diet. By your act, you cause me suffering. You injure me every second that you keep your hold on that parcel of meat. You have attained immeasurable spiritual merit by your deeds of perfection now this single selfish act of yours will drain away all your merit and you will probably go to hell